Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pages of HR podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor for HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to provide insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. In each episode, I'll interview an author about their latest book, and by the end of our conversation, I hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. Our latest episode of Pages of HR is a special one. We are joined today by co-authors Arthur Woods, who is an LGBTQ plus leader in HR technology and co-founder of Matheson, a technology for diversity hiring, as well as Susanna Tharkin, head of diversity at SciSense, DEI researcher and practitioner in the area of industrial organizational psychology. Today, we're going to talk about their new book, Hiring for Diversity, The Guide to Building an Inclusive and Equitable Organization. This is the first ever book dedicated to diversity hiring, and it comes at a critical time when companies are seeing the largest resignation period in years, and they're at the risk of undoing all of that diversity, equity, and inclusion progress that has been made. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, uh, you two, joining us today. It's a pleasure to have have you, and I'm certainly excited excited about our conversation. Hiring for diversity, uh, and you both co-authored this, is this correct? Yes, yeah. we did. How did that partnership come about? Yeah, sure. So I was actually recruited by Arthur to work at Matheson from Snag a Job, and he had this awesome idea to create an equal hiring index. So a lot of the work in DEI is really just not knowing where to start. And this index pretty much helps you navigate that whole journey from start to finish. So brilliant vision. We created the index and then one of um, one of our clients, Wiley, went through the index, loved it, and thought this would be a really great way to create a book and from there help out so many other companies that are also on their DEI journey. And it's been awesome. Challenging, but a lot of fun. Oh my God, absolutely. Hold on to that challenging thought. <laughs> Hold on to that. We're going to get into that. So Hiring for Diversity, this launched in August, August 10th, right. right? Okay, so from the amazing, like I said, from what I've read so far, uh, Hiring for Diversity brings together the most cutting edge practices for implementing a diversity hiring strategy that leaves organizations with a comprehensive view and an actionable plan. Uh, using your research and work with hundreds of leading employers, the book offers the most actionable examples of the policies and practices for diversity hiring. And I guess we're going to jump right into that. Can you start? I just give give a few of those, a few highlight a few of those actionable examples, uh, please. Sure. Yeah. So basically, what we found in this work was that leaders are all ready to go from a sense of intent around growing diversity to actually making an impact. Right. We all agree, especially with the events of the last year. There's a need. You know. Um. So when when Susan and I came together together to write the book. We knew that we didn't need to convince people about the need. We wanted to give them something tangible they could do differently. We were trying to write for the not just the head of HR, the head of recruitment that oftentimes was the one that owned this work. We actually were trying to write for the passionate frontline leader that might have never played a role in hiring, you know, mm-hmm. or the team member who shows up and is in part of is part of an employee resource group and has never really done anything besides maybe go to events and is is wanting to do more, you know. And so we, we tried to think about very actionable things individuals could do, you know, from 
the way that we inclusively communicate, um, the way that we draft a job description so it's accessible and, and you know, it's, it's neutral in the way that it's written, all the way to taking a more structured and deliberate approach to the way that we interview, because we found so much bias finds itself in interviews yes. when people show up and, you know, they're subjective and they, they don't prepare. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Susanna, you mentioned, of course, there were some challenges earlier with this. Uh, can you guys delve into that a bit? Uh, some of the challenges that you encountered and maybe how what you thought the book would be at first and how it changed over the course of your drafts or, or maybe just one draft. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, I think our biggest challenge was really being the first ones to pull together all the information that's out there and put it in one place. So diversity sourcing specifically, I know for me, was a huge, huge chapter that created a lot of obstacles in terms of what actionable tips can I give the readers that they don't already know, other than create some partnerships with underrepresented organizations that focus on diversity hiring. And that still is a challenge even today, because it's still a work in progress, all of this work is a work in progress. There's no definitive answer. This will get you the results because we're all on this journey and no one's perfected it yet. So I think that was really the hardest part, figuring out what it is that I can take away and tell people, this will help you. Right. <laughs> and not just be another bullet point on an article that you see when you're trying to figure it out. Absolutely, absolutely. and. Arthur, I've got a segue over to you. Any challenges uh, that you can highlight or, or point out if on your end, if there were any? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I think the big challenge is uh, Susan and I both had full-time jobs while we were doing this. So, you know, and and, and I think I, I have to give uh, give Susan just a ton of credit. Like we, you know, we, we had to get really creative with the way that we could multitask and the way that we could balance this and be intentional about what, what is, you know, what is deliberate and impactful and what, what also is in that realm of maybe too much, like what, yeah. what, what, what do we not need to do to, to make this effective? So we, um, we actually developed chapters on this uh, two week sprint process. So every two weeks we'd focus on a new chapter, we'd outline it, we'd do a bunch of research. We had a really cool team of researchers and edit, um, edit editorial support. And we, in that two weeks, we basically build out the chapter. Uh, and then by the end of it, we, we would have a deadline for when it would be done. And then we'd have to move on to the next one. And we were really, uh, we tried to stay super structured and it, it involved a lot of uh, work on nights and weekends. <laughs> You're totally right. I completely forget about that whole process. <laughs> Just completely try to try to remove that from our memory. <laughs> but by the end of it, it's funny because um, now, I, Susan, Susan, I don't know how you feel, but um, now, when someone asks me to write an article, I can do it in like thirty minutes. Oh yeah, um, so creating it, content it, is so it, easy it's now. Like really, it's really you kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, how long would you say it took you from idea, right, of knowing, of recognizing the need for this book, and then obviously going through that writing process, and then to that final manuscript? How long was that process? Oh goodness, we have to. I want to say we, I. I feel like we started in December yeah, and we finished in April, like April 1st was our deadline, but we were yeah, aware yeah. of wanting to create the book. I want to say probably in like October, 
yeah. or uh, during the sub late summer, late summer, early fall. Um, and then it was just a matter of us figuring out, is this even possible with yeah, our yeah. full-time jobs? Yeah. Or is right, this right. just an idea that would be nice, but we did it. Yeah. Don't know how, but we did it. Hard work and perseverance, perseverance dedication. And, and an amazing team. I have to say, and like, we, yeah. we, uh, we wouldn't, I would say that we, uh, it was five months end to end and it would not have at all been possible had we not had a great editor. Um, Absolutely. You know, Ohenaba and Amy and Graham were um, three of our like team, team members who were really instrumental in all of the kind of research and editorial support. And it was a team effort completely, yeah. you know? Absolutely agree. We'd probably still be writing the book if it wasn't for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Well, shout out to your amazing team, we'll say in this moment then, for giving us this timely book. But it's been an amazing time, right? And of course, this book is timely as well. Uh, it's coming at a critical time when companies are seeing the largest resin- resignation period in years. And, you know, they're at the risk of undoing all the DEI work and progress, excuse me, that, is, that has been made. Wow, I'm tongue-tied today. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but no, so very much so timely. And I know that you guys have prepared an excerpt as well from chapter one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you mind reading? Sure. Um, I'll just read the first couple and then I'll hand it off to Arthur. So why the time is now. It took a series of unthinkable events in a stunningly brief period to force us all to reckon with injustices we'd been conditioned to tolerate. We witnessed the murder of George Floyd and its aftermath, the agony of oppression erupting in massive, anguished protests. We watched the rise of Black Lives Matter, a global movement giving voice to people unwilling to remain disposable. We saw the COVID-19 pandemic force marginalized communities into even greater hardship and disparity. If our eyes were closed before, they have now been pried open. We are no longer willing or able to ignore the inequality and racism that surrounds us. In a handful of months, the world discovered an urgent desire for change, and no facet of life has gone unaffected, especially the workplace and the makeup of our workforce. Most management teams and boards for the first time looked around and noticed the lack of diversity in the room, and employees across organizations demanded response and action from their employers. Leaders were left asking, will things ever go back to the way that they once were? But the world as we know it has forever changed. Our new world calls for us to move forward in innovative ways and to solve problems we've ignored for far too long. So what changed? We've always had intent to do better, to be better. And for the last decade, we've signaled how little diversity, equity, and inclusion is present in the workforce today. But that has yet to translate to real changes in our systems. There has been little impact to our efforts. We are at a critical juncture. We can no longer tolerate our own lack of progress. Wow. That's amazing. Very much so powerful. I'm sorry, Arthur, are you finished? No, that was, yeah, that was, (laughs) (laughs) of course, there's a, there's a whole book after that, but we can, can, we'll leave everyone there. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. But no, that was just, oh my God, beautifully written one, beautifully written, very much so moving. And if you can make it through that, right, right. You can make it through that, wrap your head around so many things that you just highlighted and pointed out. Uh, I feel like the world is not necessarily spinning in new new ways, but 
spinning in new ways that, you know, we've never seen before. Uh, and that just, I feel like encap- encapsulated everything of right that now. That was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And and so, and I, you know what, I'm sorry, I have to ask, and, and writing that in what you've taken on, how, how are you guys feeling? Maybe I should have asked that in our icebreaker, but this, this book just, it hits home in a lot of areas. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I want to say by the end of it, I was a little burned out, not mm-hmm. going to lie. Um, but then you take a break and then you see what's going on in the news and there's, it, it's just a never ending constant cycle of, okay, now something else has happened that triggered, this the whole reason as to why we're in this space and why we're doing it most recently the texas abortion ban mm-hmm. and now i'm back to square one and like the anger is there and then you're reminded there are better ways to channel that anger and frustration and it's really in the work and figuring out how can we support our employees and how can we help other companies support their employees absolutely absolutely and from what i'm seeing of course what i've been reading in the first chapter as well and correct me if you if you read this already or not, but I don't think that you did. Literally, the opening sentences, you came to this book for a reason. Mm. Something compelled you. You might have been moved by a story in the news, a conversation with your team, or your own personal experiences. This mm-hmm. really brings everyone in. Uh, it's it's quite marvelous, quite frankly. Ah, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. No, it, it really it means a lot. I don't th- I don't think actually Susan and I have. Uh, stepped back after the launch to sit down and really analyze this. I think in many ways, to Susan's point, you finish a project like this and you're like, okay, let me like get that as far away from me as possible. I can't look at it again. I I think Susan's really spot on. You know, the truth is we all know inequity exists in every facet of the world, right? If you look anywhere, healthcare, education, real estate, finance, it's everywhere. I think there is something, there was something somewhat cathartic in going through this exercise Mm -hmm. of realizing what, you know, we can't boil the ocean, you know, but what we couldn't, what we can possibly influence is the equity that, that shows up in the, the place that we spend the majority of our lives, which is work. Right. Yeah. And if we can find enough leaders who really care, who want to see a change, we can hopefully give them some direction and some community to realize that change. That I think is what motivates us every day in this work. Right. Absolutely. And of course this book is, um, wow. What's the, need to say a special word here this book is um i don't know i want to say the fire log and not in a bad way you know to just you know in the juggernaut the catalyst yeah Yeah, it's the catalyst it's the catalyst you know almost the inciting incident if you will even though it's not right but it's definitely the catalyst uh and having this book can help you know drivers drive results Uh, as it says here uh, again in the first chapter I've, i've highlighted a number of a number of things. Uh, you know, when you look at your own organization, you might see where diversity is lacking, where representation is low and you haven't made enough progress and a few sentences down, but you might also be inspired by the possibility of getting this right. Mm. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And of course, again, this book, right? And all of the chapters that follow after can help you get there. Yes. That's the goal. Hopefully. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think so. And again, like I said, I'm no DEI leader. I'm no executive. I'm just a journalist. Uh, that is it. But I love words. and I love the power of reading and mm. conversation and books. Of course, books start conversation, but books like this can definitely spark conversation. Mm. Thank you. And that's where it all starts, really. 
just having a conversation which is yeah. where it all starts willing to have that conversation and uh, and be open and honest that is it and meeting mm-hmm. people where they are that is it that's awesome exactly right okay i'm gonna move on from there i can get stuck in stuck in that little pull there uh, back to the book um of course like we said uh reading was amazing and then things that i've highlighted as well uh but we know that of course, you want people to take away actionable insights, right? And new information to uh, gauge and ponder and best practices to tap for their businesses, correct? Um, is there anything else that you want your readers to take away from your book? I would say for me personally, just awareness, mm-hmm. becoming more aware, wanting to be more aware. I know um, and my current organization, organization we've held safe space discussions where we've invited people of the community as well as allies. And so many of the time, so many times the allies are the ones saying, you know, I never thought about it like that. I would have never guessed that that was a challenge or an obstacle that you're facing here. And bringing that awareness to the conversation really opens up the conversation to even more people. And I think that's how you go about actually creating change. Absolutely. Arthur, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I would say that, um, you know, b- building on awareness as well, this idea that um, there's shared ownership, and that was a major theme of this book, that we need to go from this being someone else's, you know, issue, someone else's job to being my job. And I think giving permission to ourselves in re- whatever role we're in in our organization to play a role at, in driving this work forward, you know, and then getting leaders to, to recognize that um, everyone, you know, empowering everyone to be part of this is the pathway to seeing the change that we want to see, you know. And what would you say the, the, the other half is, if I may? Uh, from, from, from the empowerment side of things? Absolutely, yes. Well, the other, I mean, the other half of it is, is, is individuals, you know, taking ownership. You know, we need leaders to empower their teams and we need team members to receive that and say, I'm, I'm stepping up, you know. And, and it really becomes a partnership. Leader, some leaders may think that that could be perhaps a bit arduous, if you will. What examples could you give uh, leaders, right, our listeners, uh, of different ways to step up and empower their uh, organization, their team, even in small, small yeah. doses? Because, you know, we have to celebrate the small wins and you have to yeah. start small. Yeah. So for example, you know, Susan and I wrote about 12 different underrepresented communities in the book, right? Mm-hmm. A simple step that every leader in an organization could take, it would be to challenge their people to go and analyze and really reflect on what is your awareness of these, of these 12 communities, right? These are just 12 of many underrepresented communities. But um, we've, done, we've done some recent surveys to find that you know, the vast majority of people don't know a single person with a disability. The vast majority of our workforce doesn't know a person who was formerly incarcerated. And so to not even know, know a person in one of these communities that we wrote about, um, how well do we think we're advocating for people from these communities when they're coming in as job seekers, right? So we have an opportunity. I, I love what Susan mentioned about awareness because one foundational thing we, we can all do is, is actually get out of our own comfort zones and you know, put ourselves in these uncomfortable places to learn about the barriers that every community faces and fight against that urge to paint diversity in broad strokes and say that 
there are just diverse people and non-diverse people because we know that's not the case. Um, actually become, become an expert or become an advocate for, fo for folks from different communities so that we can have, we can, if, if someone doesn't have a seat at the table, we can at least help them have a voice in the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Susan, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, any thoughts there? Anything like that? Yeah. Honestly, beautifully said, Arthur. I could not agree more. Honestly, if I could just repeat what Arthur said, that would that would be my answer. But um, on top of the empowering your leaders to be more aware of how to advocate for these underrepresented communities, I'd say just empowering them to look at their own biases and stereotypes that they make about people from these communities. What assumptions do they have? Because even writing the book and filling out those little sections on common misconceptions, I have to say I've held some of them previously. And it wasn't until I started to learn more through personal experiences with individuals or reading about what's happening to the community is when I decided, oh, I do hold these misconceptions or stereotypes. I need to work towards not letting it impact my decision making or if I'm sourcing for candidates or reviewing resumes, what what hidden biases do I have that might prevent me from moving them forward even though I claim to be really good at identifying them. There's I have blind spots too. Everyone has blind spots. So yeah. Beautifully said as well, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that as well, Susanna, uh, and, and thank you for, for sharing that. I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, may have misconceptions and biases that we're not even aware of. So to acknowledge it and be self-aware, that's one of the first steps as well, I believe, because you have to be honest with yourself as yep. first, self first. Uh, and it seems like that might be a pretty, a pretty big pill to, pill to swallow. For a mm -hmm. lot of people, uh, yeah. But, but that is where you start. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm. I, I care about the human, you know, experience, and I always want to ask, you know, well, how are you? How does that make you feel? You no, know, I, we love I that. that. That's that's very much the ethos of this book, you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that that question, you know, that question resonates. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Well, I'll, I'll ask then, Susanna, in that moment when you registered that, like so many other people who may have, right? How was that for you? How did you feel? Uh, was that a big pill to swallow? Yeah, I mean, if anything, a little disappointed. <laughs> Here I am teaching yeah. my parents to break down their stereotypes, you know, as immigrants coming from another country, you see what you see in movies and the media and you make those assumptions about people to help you navigate America. Mm. And being or taking on the responsibility to help them break them down and then realizing I have my own. Yeah. So anything that I may have said to them might have influenced their decision making. But once you come to that realization, it you're able to at least work through it. And I think wanting to work through it is probably one also another really important step. It's that willingness to change. Yes. Mm -hmm. A willingness to change. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And that is also the first step. Thank you. A lot of steps. A lot of, a lot steps. of steps. A lot, a of, lot steps. of first steps. <laughs> a lot of first steps. That's amazing. And so where where can our listeners uh, purchase your book, Hiring for Diversity? Sure. So uh, they can go to hiringfordiversity.com. Um, we have access to the book in many different uh, mediums. 
Uh, we did, we did, we worked with our publisher Wiley to make sure there were accessibility options for the book, uh, voiceover text, um, uh, audio versions. Um, and you also can buy it through independent bookstores as well as through, you know, places like Amazon. Um, and we have a book club that is launching on September 23rd. Uh, it's called our book club action series and really excited about that to just kind of build a, build community and conversation around this book, you know, um, because everyone's navigating some element of this journey and we think we should do it together. Absolutely. Beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you both so much. Is there anything else uh, that either of you would like to highlight about the book? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> I think we, I think we covered it, you know, yeah. Hopefully it's the first of many we're, we're, you know, Susan, and I have to take a break from writing for a little bit, but I think the great thing about this is there are so many, I, I I'm, I'm personally excited about where the space goes because in the next 10 years, we're going to see, you know, what was, what felt like a very nascent kind of, you know, early conversation become something that is extremely robust and, mm-hmm. and, and just really uh, measurable and actionable. And so I think that's, I'm just excited to see what, what stems from all of this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm totally going to read this whole book. I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm totally hooked on it. And I'm sure our readers will be as well. Uh, and my last question that I love to ask all of our guests, uh, what does the next chapter look like for you? Ooh. Um, <laughs> honestly, I've been working with my manager trying to identify which one of our chapters really do I want to spend more time on and help shape our company in that direction and diversity sourcing has been difficult i can tell you that but i'm realizing lately that employer brand and how you come off as a company also feeds into the culture that you're creating which there is no diversity without inclusion and i feel like that's really where the biggest focus needs to be right now for so many companies but just continuing the work and continuing to do the work for others as well as myself. Amazing. That's amazing. Arthur? Next chapter, you know, we're, um, you know, kind of behind the book uh, is our company, Matheson, that builds technology to equip leaders to, to do this work. And we have a, a, some very ambitious plans and a lot of exciting things ahead. So that's keeping me, that's keeping me busy, as Susan knows. <laughs> so we, we're, we're trying to trying to make sure that if someone reads this book and they're really passionate to make change and they now need to get their full organization on board, they have the tools to do that really effectively. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, you both again, for taking the time to converse with me. I truly appreciate your time again. And Thanks for awesome. having Thank us. you for having us. To our listeners, thank you so much again for tuning in. Uh, until the next time, join us when we turn the page. <laughs>